Crew will in the ship. Bring the ship up to broadcast, Dad. We're going in. Passing you into FM. The hideout. The hideout. False security has lulled the madness of this world into a slumber. Wake up. An eye is upon you, staring straight down and keenly through, seeing all that you are and everything that you can never be. Yes, an eye is upon you, an eye ready to blink. So face forward, with arms wide open and mind reeling, your future has arrived. Are you ready to go? The Hideout. It is an FM Jerry Springer freak show shoveled to the lowest common denominator. Hideout. We've got a power to the people routine and a very loyal fan base. We're all being lobotomized by this country's most influential industry. Hideout. Either you're with us or you're against us. The Hideout starts now. Be somebody! Be somebody! What, what, what's new? Whoa, 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 what are you doing, Rick Ballou? Uh, <laughs> welcome into the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. Is this WrestleMania? <laughs> we are back and we are live. It is week two of the Hideout returning to Washington, D.C. I am El Jefe. That is J Dubs. Luckily, returning to D.C. this week, and not because we were almost canceled, it was because we almost couldn't uplink. Yeah. So thank God. Thank you. Thank the- God. Thank you to our crew for making it happen. Mm-hmm. Sideshow and Sid Kata. Boys, say hello just so that we know we can hear you if you're there. How are you doing, fellas? Okay. There he is. I, I, Stupendous. I hear the gravy in his throat, so I think that was Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Sideshow again, not in the room at the time. <laughs> of course not. Uh, <laughs> All right. Here we go. If you want to He's talk to us. He's his hair. Because we are live. We'll Eight, be here today. 800-636-1067-202-432-1067. The website, hideoutradio.com. If you go to the website... You can find out a whole bunch of information about us, link to various web boards, link up to the Hideout Post Show podcast, Mm -hmm. which is completely uncensored. And the instant messenger is Hideout Radio. Again, really briefly, for those of you that might not remember us and were excited about another three hours of Sporting News Radio, we are Hefe and Dubs. We used to work at the mighty WJFK two years ago before we went to Rural Radio in Orlando. We did the hideout late nights after Ron and Fez. Before that, we were right here on Saturday nights with you uh, at WJFK. And we've helped out at the building doing all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's good to be back. Loving it. The biggest thing, Dubs, that I heard last week was the fact that we sounded so excited. Did we? To be on the air again. Dubs and I have been doing just a podcast Mm. for the last few months. Had a blast with it. Incredibly successful. Way better than we thought it would be. We did it kind of as a throwaway fun thing, but it turned out to be very, very uh, uh, successful for us. So the fun thing is being back with you guys and having some interaction. And So again, 800-636-1067 and 202-432-1067. We're going to do what we're calling the hideout sports quick hitters really briefly since we're coming out of maryland football then head into the hideout headlines and we are rolling tonight until 11 o'clock so dubs let's get it started judge calls andy reed's home a drug den now andy reed is the i would think more of a lunchbox by the look of his physique, I would think maybe just cold cuts and juice boxes sitting all over the place there. Andy Reid, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, skipped practice, actually took five weeks off from the team 
because he had a family crisis in which his 24-year-old son, a drug addict and a dealer, sentenced to two, uh, to pretty much two years in prison uh, for crashing into another car while on heroin. Uh, I've sentenced to two to 23 months. That's the way it's broken down. Uh, also, as well, another kid, uh, another one of the sons in trouble, too. What's interesting about this, though, is the way the judge scolds Andy Reid, saying this is a family in crisis. It sounds more or less like there was a drug emporium there with drugs all over the house, and you are an addict. So, really, the the uh, the judge laying the smackdown on Andy Reid. Now, Garrett, the son of Andy Reid, is 24 years old, mm-hmm. correct? Why is Andy Reid being held responsible at all? For what a 24-year-old man, because he is a 24-year-old man. But I believe the son lives with Andy Reid. So? He he isn't really responsible for the kid anymore. Dude, you have to realize, though, if it's going on in your house, if there are drugs and drug deals going on out of your house, you are partially responsible as the father. Maybe. No, not as the father. As the mother, maybe. When you are Andy (laughs) Reid, NFL football coach, coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, you have all your time consumed in the office, on the field, doing stuff, coaching NFL football. You'll have plenty of time to relax and uh, when you re- retire. But right now, you're a coach. That takes up 12 months, uh, probably 12 hours a day, all year round. So That's part of the problem, though. As a coach, he's not there for his kids. Exactly. The mother has to be there for the kids. The mother doesn't have to work. I mean, It's not like the ends aren't meeting with the Philadelphia Eagles paying Andy Reid. She doesn't have to work at a boutique. I got to tell you this, being in the NFC East, this is great news. Uh, growing up in Dallas and being a Dallas Cowboys fan, except for those few months there where I was hosting the postgame show with uh, Charles Mann on Redskins Radio at the time, and I was then a lifelong Redskins fan. But having a team in the NFC East and having the Eagles play the Cowboys this weekend, I'm excited this is going on. I never get excited about these kind of things happening during the week of uh, my team playing uh, like the Eagles. When we played the Eagles, my team being the Detroit Lions, when we played the Eagles... You just it played was great, right? No, we played terribly, and the Eagles played terrific one time this whole season, and it was the week of McNabb being uh, under scrutiny. Well, not really under scrutiny, but like everybody rallying around him because of... Of his comment about black quarterbacks? Yeah. Still forcing sex... Uh, that is uh, the guy on the Instant Messenger Hideout Radio says mm. maybe at 18 or 19 you're responsible, but not at the age of 24. Yeah, 24 is way 24 too old. 24 is the new 18 or 19. Sadly, you're right. We have this extended adolescence in the United States of America, and it is absolutely – dude, I I will say this year, 2007, was the year I officially became a man and took on responsibilities, and I am 29 years old. You are 27, and you still play video games, you still play with your dog, and your diet consists of energy drinks and cookies. Yes, so you are 27. it does. It's true, but I'm spelt. I'm able does it to, matter? Yes, it does. And if, I, if I was out of control with all that stuff, then I could say, you know what, I need to grow up. But if I can keep my wonderful physique and uh, beautiful health during all these different things that I do, I think I'm fine. It is the Hideout Sports Quick Hitters, Hef and Dubs, 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in quickly, what other coaches do you think would make good dads, since Andy Reid obviously is not? Well, Andy Reid is not in control of himself, his body. 
He's yeah, not in control of his team, really. The only thing he controls is that mustache. Yeah. That he, mustache, the, that porno stash he has, or a coach stash, because everyone has it, that he's okay with. But I would like to have Denny Green as a coach. I mean, not as a coach, but as a father. Denny Green seems like cool dad. Like, yeah, like, he'll uh, he'll be tough on you when, you know, he needs to. But when you want to go have fun with him, maybe drink a beer at the local pub, he's there for you. Tom Coughlin's one that I wouldn't want of the no, Giants. No, no, Tom He seems Coughlin. like a hard ass. He seems like he would never... He would never love you. He would never let you do anything. He probably he would have one of those daughters where she's she's so sheltered in high school. Yeah, in college. Then freshman year of college, she becomes a complete whore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know who looks like a kid toucher? Mike Martz. Mike Martz seems like one of those people. <laughs> All right, alleged. I don't know. He That's looks. Not- he has the look. Of someone I would not want, you know, uh, say your uncle hits hard times and he has to come live with you. If he looks like Mike Martz, you want him at the far end of the hall. Uh, Sid, you have one, the coach you think might be a good dad? Uh, I'd love to, for Tony Dungy to be my father. Why? Because he can get away with anything? Oh, yeah. yeah he, he seems like the type, okay, go ahead, do what you want, that's fine. If you want to take the car, it's okay. It's the okay. only problem is that, not to not to be mean about it, but... He had a son who committed suicide. Go ahead, hang yourself. Don't S- stop. Matter. See, that's really yeah. incredibly inappropriate. Uh, Chuck, Chuck. He really didn't even notice his son was depressed, uh, doing drugs. Uh, how involved could he have been with his life? And maybe that's why you want him. Um, yeah, <laughs> we just had heretics say Tony Dungy. Oh, look how his son turned out. <laughs> Chucky Gruden. Oh. Would that be a good dad? No, and even though we saw him at uh, a Predators game, which is in the Orlando uh arena league and his brother i guess coaches the orlando team over there and he came to a game and we were sitting actually right behind him and he seemed like he was really good with the kids playing with everything he seems like the type that will wear his underwear around and get naked and everything and just walk around for no reason with his freckled body and you're just screaming. i don't even think he wears underwear i've i've seen like i've had uncles before that just walk around in the nude while you're eating cereal and they're like dude put it away screw you cadillac ripped his acl today you don't tell me what to do uh, 800-636-1067. Let's go to Brian on line two. You're in the hideout on JFK. Hey, guys, I agree that, uh, that the responsibility for the Reed kid is not the parents at 24, but even if you think it is, to just say, oh, it's the moms and not the dads. What are we living in the 50s? Like, well, I mean, come on. The, the, the only reason I say that is... It, that is kind of like a one-way uh, relationship there with your parents. When when it's an NFL coach, your dad's not around at all. So the mom has to step up somehow, and you sh- it should be with the kids. What if the mom has a job? Can she not do that? Uh, well, I, I, I'm saying in this situation, the mom shouldn't need to have a job. Listen, he's a millionaire. The mom should have the one responsibility of making sure her son doesn't a spike into his arm. I mean, that that does seem fair at that point. I'm not saying every every woman should stay at home, but, you know, if you're having kids and Andy Reid is the dad, you don't have to work. You can focus more on the children. I think it would be uh, at an advantage for the women at that point. Thanks for the phone call, Brian. Uh, what about Wade Phillips? He seems like the uncle that says, hey, come sit on my lap. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem uh, kid toucher in the way Mike Martz does. Uh, Mike Mart seems like if you're a boy, you wouldn't want to sleep next to him. You know, Wade Phillips seems like uh, girls. Yeah, girls can get horsey rides. And He's then, a tickle monster. <laughs> then Belichick. How, how good a dad do you think he is? Um, Awful. He's the one that you he will never, 
ever, not even if you're on a dying bed, he will tell you he loves you. Oh, yeah, he's he's military dad, oh, without you, a doubt. You know what else he is in Redskins fans? You can see this. He's the dad that if you're, in the, cheater? If you're in the front yard and you're playing basketball and it is 18 to nothing and he's winning and you ask for mercy, he says no. Yeah. And he's purposely uh, Just running up the score on you. Running up the score and being an awful father. That's who he would be. Here it is. It is the hideout sports quick hitters in Boston, J-Dubs. They are your World Series champions. We have the call on that one. Smith has never homered as a big leaguer. Called up in September. He's been a big weapon off the bench for Clint Hurdle. But now he and the Rockies are down to their last strike. Series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. Mm. Okay. Mm. Can we all get into agreement? What? Can we all get into agreement that it is now time to hate the city of Boston and root against yes. them? Yes, I, I was very happy for Boston when they won their first one. I was very happy for Boston when they won the, uh, the Super Bowl the first two times. But now it's getting annoying. I will say that... There is a chance Boston could win this year's World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA championship. And I don't know how Boston College did today, if they won or not. And we'll see if someone can find that for us. But there's a chance that they could hold four of the biggest championships in one year. I do not think that they're going to win the NBA title. But just because of me saying that, they probably will. But I don't think they're good enough this year. I think they're building a very strong team. But how poor they've been in the past and everything, I, I, I can't see them winning the NBA title this year. I think the Celtics have a very good chance of it with their big three. And you know, I mean, who's going to beat the Pats? Are they going to lose this weekend? They. How are the Bruins looking? Um, I don't know about yeah. the Bruins, but that's not in the major four. Uh, <laughs> all right, right now the score for the Boston College game is nothing, nothing. But there is a legitimate shot that they could win all of these. Doesn't it show for the longest time America rooted for Boston? Mm -hmm. now, They're the lovable losers. And now that they are winners, we all hate them and we all want them to bring brought down a Because they were sore losers and now they're even sore winners. They they rub it in everybody's face, even though they hated it when New York rubbed it in their face. They love rubbing it in everybody else's face now. Remember how endearing it was that they were all like, you know, Manny was a rebel and Big Poppy was fat. Now the things that made you love them about them, now you hate Shut them. Shut up. Kurt Strikeout, douchebag. Yeah, Kurt Schilling's an ass. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, enough you guys. I'm not interested. What do you got, Sid? Uh, the Boston College score is just about to change. They got it down inside the 10-yard line. This is what I'm saying. This is the year of Boston, and I can't handle this. No. Now, this also shows, too, that there's no such thing as a curse. There just isn't. How do you, uh, how do you explain the billy goat? Curse. I'm not going to explain it. I'm Please not going to waste my time with it. Curses are not real. Madden? Are you going to tell Chunky me? Chunky Soup? Are you going to tell George me? George Lopez? Are you going to tell me now that all of a sudden that this curse has been reversed, now the Yankees are absolutely doomed? Yes, look at them. The Yankees have been in total dismay since... Uh, dismay? Disarray. Was... Whatever. Uh, they, they've been completely destroyed since uh, the, the Boston Red Sox won their first one. How, what have they done since? 800. Nothing. 636 Nada. I still don't think... Here's what's also funny about this, too. I love how we can just turn... Like we can immediately turn on something and begin to hate it once it once it starts to have success. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm a big 
Detroit Lions fan. I'm sorry for your loss. I, well, I know. And I, I, I think if we went to, like, the Super Bowl this year, everybody would be rooting for us. Yeah? Uh, but if we did it, like, two or three years in a row, we'd be like, all right, Detroit, enough of it. Uh, I'm going to turn on you guys once you get that ninth win because I don't want to see you being above 500. I'm not it's in. It's been a long time. I know it is. I know it absolutely is. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll hop into the hideout headlines, which includes the obviously biggest story of the week, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oof. If you've heard about it, then stay tuned because you haven't heard our take, our, I think, different take. And if you haven't gotten a chance to comment on it, 800-636-1067. It's the hideout. We're back live in Washington on 106.7 WJFK. And Dubs, you were supposed to hit imaging there, but you're too busy watching a football game. It's okay, though. I know Sideshow's doing his job. The hideout with LFA and J-Dubs. Keeping America baiting for 300 years. The hideout. The Hideout with El Jefe and J-Dubs. Just two men sharing the night. It might seem wrong, but it's just right. It's just two men sharing each other. It's just two men like loving brothers. One is screaming, he's so happy. The other screaming, a passionate shout. It's the night, man. The feeling's so wrong and right, man. Learn more at hideoutradio.com. The Hideout. You are back in the hideout, and we are back in D.C. It is El Jefe and J-Dubs on 106.7 WJFK. I'm Jefe, that's Dubs. 800-636-1067 to contact us. Uh, Also, hideoutradio.com. You can Mm -hmm. subscribe to the Hideout post-show podcast because we were running a little late. A few things we were not able to get to that we will cover in that post-show podcast. So, hideoutradio.com to click and subscribe. I do believe... Uh, the hideout shows on WJFK will be available for your subscription on WJFK.com starting Monday. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan. That's what we were told. Dubs on the instant messenger, hideout radio, uh, still forcing sex says we were talking about how other coaches would be as far as fathers. Belichick would probably have a camera in his daughter's room. <laughs> it's tough for me to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good take Burns on that. Tricks says work. And uh, Jamich says, I'm waiting for the next show of the Treehouse, Treehouse what? Word. That is a show that Dubs does on his own when I am not here. We call it the Treehouse instead of the Hideout. And a buddy of ours, Destro, uh, who is a veteran of the uh, Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Uh, just talk to him right now on the Instant Messenger. Turns out he's okay and he's back from Iraq. Been yes, back I got to talk March. to him the other day. And he's going back in March. Oh. But um, anyway... So that is good news. Dubs, let's go to Ross on line one before we get, hop back into the hideout headlines. Ross, hey, guys. Man, I was uh, driving around uh, looking for bad radio in D.C. I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm watching Mr. Show. And I, I'm again, I hear J-Dubs and Hefe talking. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so freaking excited you guys are back on the air. I mean, radio just sucks around here. <laughs> and uh, you, honestly, your show is probably one of the most original shows you know I've ever heard of. Other than the fact that we've ripped off Ron and Fez and Don and Mike and Howard. What we do, we rip off from the best, and we put it all into one package and call it our own. That's how we do it. Ron and Fez always have a special place in my heart, and I miss them, too. Uh, But, uh, but, you know, know, I fought with you guys, you know, when you first were here, and you used to do your old 
like old school jams of the week and stuff like that. Man, you're oh, wow. a yeah, you're you're uh, you're hardcore. You listen to you know, you know, I might be your only listener for right now, but uh, I'm solid, man. I'm solid there for you. So <laughs> thank you, I'm man. Gonna, well, I'm gonna jump know. off here, guys. Good luck. Later, right. bro. Five thousand. Spread the word too. Let them know. Half fan dubs are back on Saturday nights where they started five years ago, <laughs> and it's not a sad thing. No, we are actually excited about it. Oddly enough, we're excited about it. The uh, this is the lone highlight in our week. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, we're stoked to be here with you guys. If you want to hop in, uh, 800-636-1067. At this point, Dubs, we do what we call the hideout headlines, the biggest headlines of the week. Never seen the show, but apparently it was a big deal. And now uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter from A&E is Actually, dog, dog, she's running for uh, for for the uh, president of the United States right now. I'm very excited about it. Is that a Hillary joke? <laughs> yes. Is that a Hillary <laughs> the, joke? The haircut, yeah, yeah. That you tried to spit out, <laughs> almost made it through it. Yeah, not quite. And there, that guy was just bragging on us, and you go with that bomb. Um, <laughs> they not, all can't be winners. Not quite like the end bomb that dog was spewing all over the place. I guess the short of the story is mm-hmm. dog's son who. I suppose is on the show too. I think so. I think it's like kind of a whole family bounty hunter type thing. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So his son dating a black woman that I guess Dog does not approve oh, of. Oh, Dog, don't look kindly on that one. So that guy that gets Dog's dander up. I'll tell you that. So as it turns out, <laughs> ruffles Dog's feathers. Oh, uh, the, the, the Dog gets mad and has a conversation that he thought was private with his son over the phone. Son records it and takes it to the Inquirer. Uh, or the Inquirer or TMZ, one of those two, sells it for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it broke, I believe, on Thursday, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. And Dog has already, well, he hasn't lost his show. But it's been suspended. A&E and we've been suspended. there before. You usually don't come back from that. Yeah, suspension says we're not interested. So here is that audio. Okay, and if we're missing any piece of the story, feel free to let us know. 800-636-1067. Here's the audio in a hideout download. Hideout download. A whore, whatever. It's not because she's black. It's because we use the word sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some heard us say and turned us into his car magazine. Okay. (laughs) Now, let's, let's dissect the first part. Where he says um, he's dating uh, blank. Expletive. Okay. So, oh, he's worried that he actually he said he's worried because they use the word occasionally. Yeah, he, he's not worried because she's black. He's worried because they use the word. Now, because of that, all right, you're a little bit worried. You and your buddies can't control yourself. Yeah. Well, after you get a, a few of the Milwaukee's best in you, the beast. you know you get a little hot under the collar and you start uh, throwing out the end bomb. I've been there. It happens. So so he is worried that you know it might slip out and then mm-hmm. she'll go somewhere. He's worried that she might cut him off in traffic sometime and his big moldy head will be hanging out the window yelling <laughs> that at her. But what he says... The blank and blank. Yeah. That's when, dude, you've crossed every... Uh, back it up a second. That's when you've crossed every line, and there is no possible way that you can go back and say, Oh, sorry about that. My bad. All right, let's try it again. Hideout download. 
Mexican, a whore, whatever. It's not because she's black. It's because we use the word sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some heard us say and turned us into the Enquirer magazine. Our oh, career is over. Yeah, yeah, that's what got him in trouble right there, I think. I think after that, it all goes downhill. I'm not taking that chance at all. Never in life. Never. <laughs> Never. If Lisa was dating, we would all say Jesus. you. And you know that. <laughs> All right, so he's like, you know, if your sister was dating one, we'd say blank you. There's no way you recover from this. But there's no way, if you are so worried about losing your career over that word, there's no way you leave it on a recording. Or was it? Was this on a voicemail? Was, or was this a, a conversation? This was a conversation. Now, what does it say? Like, of course you can't say racial slurs, period. But what does it say you can't even say racial slurs with your family around? Because normally if there's a place that you feel you could get away with dropping a bomb, it's with your family. Family and old high school friends. <laughs> That's where you sit around and throw these words around. Uh, you, you have to really feel someone out first, you know, uh, pass some pamphlets back and forth, do that kind of thing. Yeah. And then make sure you all have the same wardrobe, mm -hmm. that it's white and mm -hmm. it's pressed. Let's go to uh, Wolfie on line two. You're in the hideout on JFK. Hey, glad to have you guys back. Thank you. Thank you, brother. First off, I just want to say it was nice to have Diamond Dallas Page back on TV. <laughs> Putting the diamond cutter <laughs> on uh, some expletives, yes. Uh, he crossed the line. He definitely, he, uh, I loved his show. It was a guilty pleasure, and the fact that he threw the N-bomb. Did he use it during the, during the uh, show at all? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I, I remember watching it just like two or three times, and it was so bad because he would always he would catch these people, and then he would let them go home and do their own thing for that night when he was supposed to bring them back, and his wife would always be like, you're, you're going to get screwed over by him. No, I, I looked into his eyes. I read his soul. He's a good person. They'd always run on the him, only thing I and know he looked about, like an ass. Thank you, Wolfie. The only thing I know about this dude is with the South Park episode where Cartman is his essentially dog. this character, a dog, when I think he becomes a hall monitor. So that's all I really know about it. But looking at the photo of Dog, I would be shocked if he didn't use the N-word. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this guy and thinking, of course I, he drops these bombs. I would be shocked if he doesn't have it tattooed on his back. You know, just as a little, like, I don't know, hey, I, if I'm not looking at you, at least I got to point it back here, too. Unless, instead of saying never forget on his forum, it starts, <laughs> and then it just goes from there. Let's go to Georgia, line four. You're in the hideout on JFK. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yo. Um, yeah, I just wanted to comment a little bit on uh, the dog situation. Uh, I'm a brother, man. The thing about it is, is that, as a white guy, he really doesn't have the opportunity to slip up because there's so many people out there willing to take his spot. Not only just yeah, white yeah, people, yeah. but black people, Asian people, Spanish people. There isn't enough representation on television of other minorities for him to right conduct now, himself in that manner. With, with uh, how the climate has been for quite a while, white people can't get away with that at all. You just know you never... Not at all. I mean, it's surprising that brothers are still able to get away with it. Sometimes Latinos think that they can get away with it. I know you okay. do all the time when we're sitting on the couch watching TV. Just when we're watching football. But what happens, though, is there's no way in the world Dog the Bounty Hunter no. 
could think that this is acceptable. I mean, you, you hear it, and then you spin your head around like a, like a, your head's on a swivel looking around, and when you see that he said it, you think that he's running someone down at that point. So you think it's all right that he lost his job, George? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it's all right. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not tolerated. I was once a fan of his show. You know, just like I'm a fan of, of Seinfeld, you know, I sit and watch the same shows you guys watch. You like and to it's make fun of people, too. And it's disheartening to hear people use that, that term. You know no. what I mean? It kind of it kind of says, well, you know, I don't care about anything you have to say or whatnot or, 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 no, I, I or got group you. of people. I know, you know what you mean. I appreciate it, George. Uh, thank you, man. Hey, do you think it would be okay, Dubs, if they came back A&E with another dog, the bounty hunter? But instead, it was like Big Zeus, and they spelled dog, D-A-W-G. And so this is our way of making good, is here we got dog. It's not dog, it's dog. Well, I, I got a, I got a, uh, a solution to all this. Let's team up with Robin. And then, and then we can have him do whatever he wants. It'll be great. 800-636-1067. Uh, it is Hefe and Dubs. We are live in the hideout talking about dog, the bounty hunter. Let's go to Victoria online, too. You're in the hideout. Such an ass. Hey, Victoria. Hi. Hey, Victoria. What's up? Hi. Um, I was just calling. Um, you kind of missed something about the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dog had actually, yeah. Dog had actually threatened his son. His son's like an ex-con, and he told him he was going to kick him off the show and he wouldn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, it is his show. He can kick him off if he wants to, but I, I, he, so has to know, he has to know. He has to know if that's hard. the if that's the reason it's going to get out there. Right. Right. And that, I think that's why he taped the conversation and why he sold it because he actually sold it for the Inquirer or sold it to the Inquirer for a lot of money. Do you think that Dog should lose his career though, lose his show because it didn't really affect his? I mean, it was nothing. It wasn't like Imus where he said it on air. This was a private conversation he was having with his son. I think, I think so. I really, my boyfriend and I used to really love watching Dog the Bounty Hunter. Everybody loves Dog. Wow. Uh-huh. And now it kind of, I could have watched it today and I just didn't. I think he definitely crossed the line. I, I and I think though. his Everybody's son was right. Everybody's right now with a tear <laughs> going down their face. Goodbye, Dog. I appreciate the phone call. All right, here's what's interesting, though. Again, look at the guy. I would be shocked if he doesn't drop in bombs. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, he drops K bombs. I'm sure the word spick comes flowing out of his K mouth. K bombs are hardcore now. No one uses a K bomb unless they're very dedicated to that word. But look at this guy. <laughs> yeah. You know he's probably saying these things. Play that one part again, the one bleep and bleep, so that people get the meaning. Let's go to Sid. Sid has an interesting comment. What are you going to say, Sid? Yeah, does this mean every celebrity cannot say anything offensive on or off the air Absolutely. now? Absolutely. Yeah, it's and getting to that point. I have so many tapes of dubs off the air that I'm looking. Release them. We need the press. <laughs> I will. N- if I ever get caught with that thing, I, it doesn't do any good to say, you know, I didn't say it. I didn't say or I, I'm a sorry. You know, like a dog finally did come around and apologize for it. It doesn't do any good for that. So I would take ownership of it. Yeah. What of it? Yeah. And just see where that takes me. I'm personally glad it's gone because it seemed like a stupid show. It just seemed like a glorified version of cops. And I have no interest in the fact that it's going to be around. Uh, Dubs, uh, do we have that? Yep. I don't download. It's because we use the word sometimes here. I'm not going to take a chance ever in life of losing everything I've worked for for 30 years because some heard us say and turned us into the NPR magazine. There it is. It's over. As soon as he said a blank and blank, it's done. If he just said, if someone turns me in, you know, for saying the N-bomb, 
then yeah, then he's he's all right. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. But when the forcefulness of blank and blank comes out, yeah, then you're in trouble. Let's go to line five. I think this is Eat or Edie. Uh, Edie? You're, you're in the hideout. What's up? Hey, where were you, dummy? What do you mean? Where were you? You were somewhere and you came back. Where were you? Orlando. Oh, we went to Orlando. We were in D.C. We went to Orlando. Long vacation at Disney. Yeah, and it won't oh, end. Is that right? Yeah. What do you got, man? What, did you all use the N-word on the air or whatever and get kicked off? Dubs did. Dubs mm. used it on and off the air. Oh, is that right? Mm. Dubs, is that true or were you just joking, man? I think that was kind of joking. I was doing it in a playful manner. I was yelling it at a uh, at my girlfriend, who's not even black, you know. Okay, stop it. It was it was odd. Let's go I, to, it was out can, of place. Can I just admit something about white people? Mm-hmm. When we have a few, uh, that word does tend to slip out. Okay. I'm going to be honest with everyone right now. All right, no, that is you. That is not white people in general. Can I've you see you for walk white around? People? I've seen you walk around with your uh, Redskins tight old '80s. Uh, I don't know what kind of mesh jacket you have. Uh, and your unfolded uh, brim hat, and everybody knows that you throw it around quite frequently. Let's but go, I wouldn't say everybody does. Let's go to White Roach on line three. You're in the hideout on JFK. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo, dope. Hey, before I get into Dog the Bounty Hunter, I just want to say that I know racial slurs are bad, but if I'm watching a football game and my team sucks, I should have a free pass to say whatever I want. I see, but here's the problem. No, you shouldn't. But, but secondly... That's when it comes out the most. That's when you know a real a person is really racist hey. when they're watching their teams, and all of a sudden they're dropping bombs. Hey, I can't. I can't help it if my team sucks. Okay. Okay, you can control yourself, <laughs> and, or that, or playing a video game. No, that's that, even, no. That's when you know okay. that it's uh, that you know, you're, you're saying that's when it's acceptable. That's when you hear it the most out of hardcore racists. What do you got, White? When Roach? you're playing baseball stars. Well, I was just gonna say that when I watched the show a few times, and it, it was pretty bad, but. I always thought he came off as kind of racist because whenever he was looking for someone and he talked to a white person asking for details, he talked to him normally. But if he was talking to like a Hawaiian or a black person, he'd always dumb his voice down like he was talking to a toddler or something. I see. I, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know that. And he'd, he'd be phone like, call. Aloha. Do you know where I can find this person? He's a very mean person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call, man. So there it is, Dubs. Dog the Bounty Hunter. His career is over. Meanwhile, Don Imus returns in a deal with Citadel Radio uh, to Morning Drive on WABC in New York, syndicated through ABC Radio Networks. Five million per year. The GM of the station says Imus is rested, fired up, and ready to do great radio. Since when? Yeah, assuming that, you know, uh, well, this is where he'll start. He's going to start this now. Gramps got his rest. He got his nap in during, uh, during, uh, uh, during the football game, and now he's ready to eat dinner. Wow. So is this good news for Dog that Imus has come back from this situation with Rutgers? Well, for one thing, Imus didn't drop the end bomb like dog did right he did do something but he did on, his on the air and it was offensive i don't even know if it was that offensive really i know it was offensive to the people whom he was talking about yeah that's debatable no but, it's not because yes, you're not a black but, woman i've 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 looked into it at least and uh to becoming one? yes okay. and uh it, 
it doesn't seem to me like it was that big of a deal. And if it wasn't blown out of proportion by the media, I don't think people would have been as offended. But uh, I don't think that him was with uh, him not saying the N word and screaming it at his son. I think it's a different thing where he's just trying to be funny and not being hateful. So do you think Imus should have been allowed to return to yes, the broadcast? Yes, I don't think he should have been kicked off in the first place. So is this good news for Dog then? No, because Dog, what Dog did was pure hate. He was he was really hateful about you know, black people, and Imus was just joking around. Okay, now for Imus to come back, I would never listen to the show. Mm-hmm. I've heard the show before. I've seen the show. It's not interesting to me. I'm even a guy who likes politics, but I have. I just have no interest in the guy. I'm glad for the company that he's gone because I don't think that he, you know, particularly did anything. Uh, however, I think if they teamed him up with the right person, then his show Robin. would be listenable. <laughs> yes, that actually would be. Uh, but you know what I mean? Because I've heard he's going to get a black co-host, which, by the way, I would like at some point, too. And that's why I'm turning in those tapes of you that I have. I'm thinking of Flavor Flav. If we could put Flavor Flav together with Imus, that would be a show worth listening to. Wayne Brady. Put Wayne Brady there. I think then we have a true black man along with Imus, and that would work out. I want a real black man like Peter Rosenberg. I want someone that Imus can sit there and discuss hip-hop issues with. That or Jamie Kennedy. One of those two guys I think could... Equally as black. Uh, line two, Dolphin Greg, you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, boys? What's hey, up, yep. boys? How you guys doing? Good, man. What do you got? I think you should put Doves with him. Doves is the blackest white guy I know. Word. Hey, man, I was Speak it, to, brother. Uh, to the PSP. Uh-huh. You mentioned that you wanted to, uh, me to... You guys to remind you to talk about certain things. Okay. It was one thing you talked about uh, a while ago, and I just wanted to remind Hefe, don't forget to talk about the pussycat dog. <laughs> okay, you're an ass. That is a <laughs> callback from way back when. Thank you, Dolphin Greg. Uh, 800-636-1067. For those of you wondering what the PSP is, that is the post-show podcast in which we uh, essentially talk uncensored, mm-hmm. kind of recap the show, some of the material we did not get to. And because we started late, we're, definitely, yeah, we're definitely getting into stuff. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. It is the hideout headlines moving very rapidly through the biggest headlines of the week. If you want to hop in at any point, definitely do so. Dubs, the television writers are going to go on strike on Monday. Here is a download explaining the situation. Hideout download. Ready and action. Producers are sweating. Our show, you know, I think we'll maybe have one extra script done and then that's it. Actors are literally at a loss for words. If there's a strike, obviously we can't work. It's pretty simple. If union writers in Hollywood and New York walk off their jobs, reality is about to hit. Reality shows are not covered by the Writers Guild for the most part. They'll keep going. We're going to see a lot more of them if the writer's strike continues. Everybody's sort of madly scrambling to get scripts into production, sometimes a little ahead of what might otherwise be prudent. Officials on both sides decline CNN interview requests, but one issue defines the negotiations, new media. Writers want more money as studios distribute shows and movies on computers, cell phones, and MP3 players. Well, if you think about it, like, you know, the last time a contract was negotiated, YouTube didn't even exist. Our shows are being downloaded on the Internet. We receive nothing, not even a penny. Studios get all that money. That's not fair. 
we created those episodes as artists. We deserve a piece of the pie. I completely agree. We don't know agree. what the pie yeah. is yet in order to determine how to cut it up. A strike means the film and TV industry, responsible for 1.3 million U.S. jobs, will be left with no new scripts. So that makes up for not getting the Yankees job. <laughs> Late night TV will be the first casualty. Dave, Conan, John Jay, and Jimmy are written fresh daily and can't stockpile scripts. So expect more repeats for starters. They're hitting the TV networks right. really where it hurts. That this is I- that I'm excited about because Why? my DVR is so backed up right now <laughs> with daily shows and Colbert reports that I could actually use a little break uh, just so that I can end up getting caught up. We talked about this last week on the show about how there's no brilliant television anymore. The, re- the, the most of it is this reality crap, which I think they're about to get to in a second. And we went through like a very few scripted shows that are very brilliant. And it looks like those will be going away, too, because of the strike, at least for a little bit. Lost is in jeopardy. Entourage is in jeopardy. And we're going to have more of American Idol. Hideout Download. The middle of the season, most shows maybe will have 12 completed episodes or scripts in the can. That's only half a season. The heads of the TV network say if the walkout extends beyond January when stockpiled scripts will dry up, They've got contingency plans. On Fox, we're advantaged over the other guys because we have American Idol. We're prepared. You know, we've got we've got plenty of reality. We've got plenty of news. Industry figures indicate an estimated half billion dollars was lost because of the writers' last strike 18 years ago. It could get ugly. You know, the five and a half month strike that occurred in 1988, it wasn't pretty. There was a lot of tension. A lot of people were driven out of the industry. And, you know, it's it's a very cutthroat industry at the best of times. Both the writers and the studios hope tale of the strike of 2007 is a very short story. Brooke Anderson, CNN, Hollywood. I hate you, Brooke. Yeah, we should have counted the puns. We should have gone through, through mm-hmm. there and counted the puns. It drives me nuts that actual talent is not valued by these corporations. Their way of saying, well, we don't know how much the pie is going to be, so we we don't want to give you little guys of it. who create uh, what it is that we're able to broadcast and put out to entertain and drive in advertise, bring in advertisers. We don't want to give you guys any sort of a cut that we don't know what's going to be. Well, they absolutely know how much they're making off their website, how many, you know, how much money they're bringing in. And from they could the- broadcast, it, or they could, uh, they could speculate what it's going to be. That's what those people are there for to forecast how much money they're going to be able to bring in through new media, mm-hmm. and to tell an artist that you're not going to be able to get a cut of DVD or downloads. And you absolutely know how much you're making off DVDs. Yeah, of course, of course. And again, you can usually project that. Sometimes you have a huge hit that comes out of nowhere, like a family guy or an arrested development that does better in DVD sales. Why wouldn't you compensate? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I wish them best of luck. I'm pulling for them because I'm always in the side of labor as opposed to the corporate machine. But, you know, I want nothing but the best. Now, uh, with the, with the late night shows, losing their monologues and everything. I'm willing to uh, jump over to the other side, cross the picket line, and become a scab writer. <sighs> Me being an experienced monologue writer, I think this is my time to shine. Show them that I'm a one-man gang. I can come into the Leno Show, the Letterman Show, any of them, and become a monologue writer. Where's this experience you have writing a monologue? Oh, I've done it for the show many times. This show? Yes. 
Yeah, we haven't done it on JFK yet, but yes, I've uh, written monologues before. You can go back and listen to them on some of the old podcasts, on some of the old uh, Hideouts Orlando. I am an experienced and accomplished monologue writer. Okay, so that hack bit that we used to do mm-hmm. where you would call I'm giving it, you some news. Yeah, here. that thing, that was supposed to be a monologue. And you think that's good enough to be on broadcast television. Well, have you ever watched those ones? And you also are willing to spit in the face of labor. Of course. So that you can of get course. a paycheck. Uh, there's no possible way. In fact, I've got one right now, F.A. Welcome to the Hideout. Happy Saturday to you. Got some news for you, F.A. Okay. Are you ready for this? Britney Spears called into Ryan Seacrest's radio show to defend herself uh, amid various accusations that she's been going through lately. I'm sure you've heard of all the stuff that Britney Spears has gone through. She called into Ryan Seacrest and uh, eventually hung up to go into a shower. Critics are speculating that her shower is more likely to go golden than her record sales. Okay. That's supposed to be a joke? Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be on Leno or Letterman? Whoever wants to pay top dollar. Uh, I wish we had a 30-second dump. Why? That I wouldn't pay top dollar. I, I feel bad that we gave that I, joke I out actually, for free. I, once we go to break, I will have one of those for us. What? So. <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Got some more news for you, F.A. Okay. GodTube. Have you heard of GodTube yet? It's the Christian's answer to YouTube. They have uh, different videos up there, and you should go check it out. Uh, mostly because the most downloaded video, it's actually pretty cool. It's, uh, it's by Lonely Alter Boy 15 It's called Don't Touch Me, Bro. Okay, what's the joke there? I don't get what the joke was. Was that Lonely Girl 15? Lonely Alter Boy? Don't touch me, bro. That don't tase me, bro. Yes, yes. Now you're getting. Now you're getting comedy. Because <laughs> I'm not getting comedy because that wasn't comedy. That wasn't. What was that? It's I, news. If, if I listen, you can't do a monologue if I have to sit here and explain what the joke you're is. Explain it to yourself. The, the crowd got the news and they're about to get a little bit more because Hefe. I don't know if you about know about this, but tonight daylight savings time. Fall back an hour, and uh, that means we get an hour more. Of uh, of day tonight, so make sure you go home. Hour more of day or gay? No, uh, no. an hour more. An oh. hour more of goodness okay. tonight. So make sure you go home, stay o'clock back. And Dog Bonnyhunter is actually very excited about this because it gets him to uh, a little more time to finish his favorite romance novel, Mein Kampf. <laughs> oh, Sid, you like that? I'm loving these jokes. Yeah. Is it fantastic? I'll start clapping if he wants. No. Do what you want to. I know everybody is in their car, and I want you to put your hands back on the wheel. Okay. So, so you tried to do something timely with turning the clocks back, which you're supposed to do tonight. Mm -hmm. 2 a.m. And you tied it into Dog with a romantic novel, Mein Kampf. Yeah. Sadly, I think you could write for network TV. It's the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. Come on! The Hideout with El Jefe and J Dubs. Hideout, yeah!
a terribly sad indictment of our society. You're in the hideout. An appeal to the sodomists. The hideout with El Jefe and J. Doug. With its overtones of bestiality. The hideout. You are back in the hideout, baby. It's 106.7 WJFK, El Jefe and J. Dubs. Dubs, if they want to get a hold of us. 800-636-1067 or on your uh, AOL Instant Messenger, Hideout Radio. Yeah, Hideout Radio is the uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Also, HideoutRadio.com has a link to the post-show podcast. Uh, you can you know find out links to our MySpaces, add us as a friend. Mm-hmm. Also, the blog called Hey Hideout. And um, the forums, HideoutHeretics.net. Become a premium member and get a doormat. And a tote bag. Ladies and gentlemen. But we are live and we'd love to uh, chat it up with you. In fact, Dubs, let us go to line one and Debbie before we hop back into the headlines. What's up, Debbie? Not much. How are you all? We're fantastic. How are you? Just fine. I wanted to know what happened to Tommy Bateman and Corolla. All right. Those are fantastic questions. For those of you that might not know, really quickly, we used to host the show, The Hideout, right here on JFK late nights from 11 to 1 and then Saturday nights before that. Tommy Bateman, one of our producers, Chunks Corolla, also one of our producers. Here is my honest answer to that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, when we left Orlando and let, got let go from Orlando, we talked to those boys, and that was exactly almost a year ago tomorrow, I think. Really? Tomorrow or Monday, it's like Jeez. a year ago since we got let go from Orlando because of budget cuts. And we talked to them a couple of times, and it seems like once Dubs and I went and did a, uh, a guest week up in New York City, we haven't heard from them since. Not really. I mean, I'll talk, I haven't. To, I'll talk to Tommy every once in a while still. Uh, I know he's still working in Orlando, I think at our old station again, doing some web work. And I heard Chunks Corolla is uh, back in D.C. I'm not sure, though. Uh, that's... I've tried to call uh, Chunks Corolla. I haven't heard back from him. And those guys, if you go back and listen to any of the old shows that you can get on hideoutheretics.net, obviously they were staples to this show. Uh, but the fact that they no longer talk to us, I don't know if it's because Dubs and I are awful people. Probably. Or what, but we honestly, we honest, that's the truth. We haven't heard from them. And it's not like we've not wanted to talk to them. In fact, I visited their MySpace not too long ago. Got a little sad. A little misty-eyed? Yeah, a little misty-eyed thinking of the old days and thinking, you know, the hideout's back. If Chunks is in or Corolla is in D.C. like Sid is, you know, why, why, why can't he help us out? But he won't even return our phone calls. Mm-mm. So maybe we abused him that much that he doesn't like us. <laughs> and I can see that. Going back and looking at some of the pictures and listening to some of the audio, I can see why he wouldn't want yeah, to Yeah, if you just Google the hideout in <clears throat> chunks or Corolla, you will see some of those awful things. So, Debbie, that is the honest answer to the best of my ability. Sid, okay. you, had a, you had a take on it? Yeah, it's actually really funny that Debbie would call. I mean, you had asked me earlier if I could get any of them on the show. I was actually able to get a couple of them to call in. I we think we have Tommy on the line. Tommy? Oh, no. All right. Thank oh, you. No. Appreciate oh, no. Appreciate it. Oh, thank oh, you, damn. Sid. Appreciate that. Uh, oh, wait. Hang on. Uh, I think Corolla's calling in. Corolla? Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> so there it is. They hate us. And I guess that is the story of That's all That's the story. answer to oh, wait, that question. Uh, Matt on line three. Matt? No. I thought I heard the heavy breathing. Yeah, that's what it's... Got me excited for a second there. Back in 
the hideout headlines, President Bush blasts the White the uh, the House of Representatives for wasting times on wasting time on investigations. Uh, basically, saying Congress is not getting work done, focusing too much on investigating his administration, and repeatedly attempting to pull U.S. troops out of Iraq. We're near the end of the year, and there really isn't much to show for it. Where does he get off talking timetables? You know what I mean? Like, here he is saying you haven't done anything at all. You haven't performed this year. Where does he have the stack to say this? Well, when we gave him timetables, he actually worked on it, but it was his times tables. He got totally confused and was working on his uh, multiplication. So that was a little bit difficult for him. This reminds me of the dirt stash who's getting arrested on cops, yelling at the officers, I pay your taxes. I, you know, I pay your salary with my taxes. You know what I mean? They're, Congress is doing their job investigating all of his misdeeds. Checks and balances. And there he is uh, running them down. But more than President Bush, and more even specifically talking politics, I believe the last name is Fahari. Paul Ferrari of the Washington Post wrote an interesting article this week, or a editorial or whatever you would call it, Asking if President Bush is an excessive hugger. Why? Uh, he called the man a generous hugger. And if you notice President Bush, whenever he goes out to any of the decimated areas in the United States, be it the Cali wildfires, Katrina, the tornadoes in the Midwest, he's always hugging people really closely and, like, kissing them on the top of their forehead. Is he on the sauce again? Uh, he, because he could be one of those, you know, happy junks where he's, oh, I love you. And you barely know the guy. And he just comes up and hugs you and, you know, gives you a kiss on the neck. I honestly think he's making up for the lack of affection that he got from that dude, Barbara, growing up. <laughs> because he just didn't get enough hugs from her or it or however you would look at it. I think that's part of the thing. But have you noticed, too, that the president also, like, didn't he grope? A German chancellor? Uh, rubbed her shoulders. Uh, the, he walked up behind her and just started rubbing her shoulders like that creepy guy at work, you know, that, that tries to show you some Microsoft Word trick and he leans over and rubs his doog on your shoulder blade. You like that? That's because of you. <laughs> yeah, you like that, huh? So mm. here we have the President of the United States. He's that guy that touches you inappropriately in the office. By the way, you remember when we were at JFK the first go-round and we have that... We had that engineer. Remember oh, the, God. There was this one engineer who would go around and... I think he tried to get me into some kind of three-way or something. Yeah, and he was always, like, touching you on the shoulder yeah. inappropriately. Uh, and Don from the Don and Mike show got really uncomfortable. Of about, course. Yeah, and uh, called him out on it on the air. I think probably most people would remember that that's of why, all things. That's why I love the Don and Mike show. Uh, 800-636-636. 106 I forgot and then there was the sales guy that would just do calisthenics in front of the building. Oh. <laughs> so you would just put his leg up on the uh, there's like there's a smoker's corner with like a uh, waist level uh, brick thing going in an L shape and he'd put his leg up on it and start stretching his hammy and Got, his yeah. groin and everything and just his package would be all tight against his khakis and <laughs> you're standing there looking up whistling like alright let's wait till he's done so I can look back down again and be a human being getting back to uh, Bush being a hugger yeah Bush being a hugger you know who else always wants to hug you who retarded children <laughs> Retarded children always want to come up and give you a nice squeeze and don't want to let go. Have you known that is yes. the honest truth? 
if you've ever had like uh, I, and most people do have some kind of retarded person in their family, whether For me, it be it's a, a co-host, <laughs> whether it be a cousin, a co-host, uh, whatever it is, and they always like to hug. They always oh, and they call you daddy a lot when you know it's not really true. And uh, <laughs> Bush. <laughs> If Bush is resembling him this way, uh, retarded children in this way, I wonder if he resembles them in the way they get the uh, he gets suckers stuck in his hair, and he's just walking around with a blow pop hanging out of his out of his uh, wig. He squeezes puppies too tightly, cracking their rib cage, just because it's part of his trait since he's an excessive hugger, just like tar kids. It is nuts that this man runs this city and this world. And the fact that he does this, while at the same time, if you drop toothpicks on the floor, he can count them to the exact toothpick. He's running the country, and he should be bagging groceries, like any other fine, upstanding, retarded person who uh, is, you know, you know, uh, being a part of society. They usually either wash dishes or bag groceries. Oh, so you got the oatmeal today? <laughs> yes, Mr. Yes, President. Yes, I got the oatmeal. Thank you very much. I like suckers too. I know. I see it in the back of your head. Uh, let's go to Brandon on line one. You're in the hideout on JFK. Brandon. Hey. Yeah? You're on the air, dude. All right. Well, as far as everybody, um, yeah, as far as it goes, President Bush is... Cut that bitch off! Next caller! You get, we're moving quickly. we yeah. got to move along. If you can't have your thoughts together, I blame that one on Sid. Nice screen of the phone call, Sounds Sid. like a young Sid. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. Another Republican busted for gay sex. This one is a legislator in Washington State. He was on a Republican retreat where he met a part-time model and waiter and apparently got dressed up in women's underwear and performed oral treats. Okay, I, 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 I understand the gay you know, wanting to... Of course you do. Wanting to, you know, do your thing to another guy, have another guy do his thing to you. Why do men, gay men or straight men or whatever, like to dress up like women? I, I understand having someone else dress up in, like, a, a French-made uniform or put pigtails in. I understand the visual fixation. What's the fixation with you putting on those clothes? Do you think it is a way for them to, to feel sissified? To justify it not being gay? I know. It makes it more gay. How can it justify well, no, not being if, gay? If one of you, if there's the illusion of one of you being a woman, then, but it's, you're not the woman. A, then it's not a gay act. Well, then you're a woman, and you're no, not a you guy, you're, and it's not gay. Your penis begs to differ that you're a woman. And <laughs> without a doubt, it makes it more gay by wearing women's underwear. Isn't it safe to assume that every Republican you know craves a dong more than Jenna Jameson? Because like, you would think at this point she's put off by it, and all these guys Don't have you. to have it. Maybe that's the thing. Since she's gotten married and sworn off the uh, Dukes, Someone, the world had to balance itself out, and it all went to Republicans. They all took up the uh, the Duke quota for Jenna Jameson. It makes sense because their hero was an actor in Ronald Reagan, so it makes sense that a lot of them are fruity. Now, the big thing about this guy, at least the quote from the That's gay right here. <laughs> from the gay uh, waiter slash model, mm. was that the Republican told him his wife knew he liked men when they got married, but she wasn't into it. So it was only something he did 
when he was out of town. I'm not gay. I just have sex with men. Dubs, is that true? Can you have sex with dudes and not be gay? No. Absolutely you can. You are wrong. How? The act of sex is completely mental. So if you are having sex with a man and you are thinking the whole time that it is a woman, then it is not gay. But I, I can see that out of necessity. You know, like, all right, there's no chicks around. I need to just sleep with a dude. I'm going to think of a chick and it'll be straight. But if you seek out men to have sex with, that makes you gay. 800-636-1067. Does it make you gay or does it make you a Republican? These are the questions that I need answered. Have you almost ever had sex with a man? I've uh, been on a date with a man that I didn't know about. I didn't know I was on the date until the end. And uh, I, I thought I thought personally it was a job interview. Uh, it was for a radio <laughs> job over uh, in Detroit. And... One of the, the higher-ups there was gay. I knew that he was gay when I went out and hung out with him. It was at a concert. So I, I figured, all right, the, the station's putting on this concert. He wants to bring me out there, show me how cool the station is, blah, 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 blah. I went out there, hung out. Uh, we sat next to each other at the concert. Our legs touched a few times. I didn't think anything of it. And then he wanted to go out afterwards to get a few drinks, just me and him. And we never talked radio the whole time and probably six songs into the white stripes i knew i was on a mandate <laughs> well there it was there was your cue that you were on a mandate the fact that you were out there and uh you were seeing the white at, stripes and no, the strokes he, he was staring at me uh, while fell in love with a girl was playing just longingly A place that the Republicans might be considering holding their national convention is in Asia because China is having a problem of too many dudes. <laughs> As it turns out, 120 boys are born for every 100 girls. The same thing's happening in India, Pakistan, and Korea. There are a shortage of women in Asia. Usually you can see this thing coming, but the only reason they figure this out is one guy found out that he didn't have a human toilet. So they knew <laughs> that there was uh, a shortage of women because he couldn't find one around. For his use. In 15 years, 30 million in China. Tub girl. 30 million men in China might not be able to have wives or find wives. 28 million in India. Cities with unbalanced sex ratios have higher uh, crime rates, as it turns out. That so, makes sense. Yeah, well, because if, if you're a guy. You're backed you, up. That's when you get angry and, and you do stupid stuff. You're hanging out with other dudes and you're just angry at the world because you're not getting any ass. That's when you start joining gangs and terrorist groups. That's when you start doing that kind of stuff. This, like, no joke aside, this could seriously be one of the things that ends up being a part of the war on terror, the fact that there's not enough nanny over there. Well, th that's true. And I, a lot of these terrorists, they do this for how many virgins? 72. 72 virgins, and they don't even know if they're women. You've never heard uh, them say, you, know, you always hear 72 virgins. You never see 72 female virgins. It could just be a bunch of young boys that died early. Now, if we're going to win the war on terror, we need, we, we need to increase the production of our greatest natural uh, export, white women. We need to now gather as many white women as we can and send them over to Asia to help stop 
the war on terror. I right, think we already lose enough to the blacks. <laughs> I do not think we need to ship them out. Stop that. That is obviously a joke. Do you realize we're living in a dog world and an imus in a dog world and you can't get away with that stuff anymore? The doggy dog world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 800-636-1067. Because you think about it, missiles are not going to win the war on terror. It's not going to win over the hearts and minds, but the stink wrinkle could. Mm-hmm. And that is what we need to do. I mean, th- honestly. I'm starting to Griff said here. <laughs> okay, then Let's I'm moving on. <laughs> Judge Sparks Fuhrer. In rape case. All right, here's the basic rundown of the story. Mm. There was a prostitute who um, had agreed to have paid sex with some guys that she met on Craigslist for 150 bucks. She it's could, a date. And it's 150 roses. Is that how, yes. how it works on there? Okay. So the judge in this case throws out the rape and sexual assault charges and upholds the robbery, false imprisonment, and conspiracy charges. He says it was a theft of services that she consented and didn't get paid, so I thought it was a robbery. That was the judge. Okay. This is tough. This is tough. What? So she was. She agrees to have sex with them for $150. Afterwards, they stiff her and walk away. And she's just caught, like left there with no money. As, no, as as it turns out, she goes over there. They said that they pay the hundred fifty bucks, and a friend would show up and you know end up paying the money. Uh, three men show up. The one guy pulls a gun on her, and then orders the woman to have sex with all of them. So he said that I'm not going to be able, I'm not going to do this. Uh, that you're going to have to do it for free. That I'm not going to get to go anywhere, and I better cooperate, or he was going to kill me. That's right. That's rape at that point. I, I can see him saying theft of services if, you know, it's like, you know, dining ditch. You know, when you go to a, a restaurant, you know, order a burger, eat it, run with, uh, before you get the bill. But if you go in there, point a gun at the waitress and say, bring me a burger, that becomes a theft. That becomes a violent offense. Okay, so let me get it straight then. It is not rape if you have sex with her. And she agrees to sex. And she she doesn't feel threatened the whole time. You do it. You complete. And then afterwards, like you said. Dine and ditch. Dine and ditch. Then you just run out of there and not mm. pay her. That's not rape. That is not rape at that point. Because it was a consensual act, technically. Now, isn't there something to be said about it being a, if you're doing something illegal, then something illegal happens to you that's it, an accepted risk? Well, you always hear that. Like, um... Once or twice a year, you hear about someone calling the cops because someone stole their weed. And you're wondering, what idiot does that? And I think whenever you, you, you participate in these illegal acts, that's kind of, you, you know you are going to be dealing with illegal clientele, people who do illegal things. So you're going to expect some bad things to happen. You hope you don't get raped. You hope that someone doesn't have a gun up to your head saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it for free. But... That is something that happens, and I don't know, has she been arrested, too, for prostitution? Because they'll usually do that, too. Not according to what I've read. This happened in Philly, and in the Philly Daily News, it does not appear that she was arrested for uh, for prostitution. Well, well prostitution's illegal in Philly, but rape is. Rape <laughs> is, com- from what I've heard about Philly, is completely, uh, yeah, legal there. 
It is the Hideout on 106.7 WJFK and the Hideout Headlines. I am El Jefe. That is J-Dubs. Hideoutradio.com is the website. The Instant Messenger is also Hideout Radio. Uh, 800-636-1067 as we take it until 11 o'clock. Dubs, the Westboro Baptist Church mm-hmm. protesters, turns out they're not protected by the First Amendment. We've got a hideout download that explains the story. This is out of Baltimore. Did you grab that one or no? No, nah, let me pull that one up real quick. Hold on one second. Uh, I've got it over here, so don't even worry about it. Hideout download. A Maryland jury awards millions of dollars to the father of a fallen Marine over a protest outside his son's funeral. Suzanne Collins reports the church that lost the suit is convinced it will win an appeal based on its free speech rights. God hates you. Westboro Baptist Church said it will not be silenced after losing a multi-million dollar civil suit. Albert Snyder, the father of a Marine killed in Iraq, claimed the church picket at his son's funeral violated his privacy. A jury agreed. Many find the church's message offensive, that America is doomed because of homosexuality and those who condone it. The church says it expects to win an appeal that it's been denied its right to free speech. Stand out on these public streets and you can mock and scoff at our religion. You can beat us up if you can get away with it. You can break our windows. You can bomb our house. But when you walk into a federal court, that used to be the, the last refuge. A constitutional expert says the church has a strong legal argument. The First Amendment right to free speech is in the specific Bill of Rights, Article 1, the First Amendment. And as a consequence, it is much more sacred than the right to privacy. But lawyer Christopher Brown says the case evokes a lot of emotion, sympathy for Albert Snyder, and dislike for the unpopular message of the church. The battle here is between good and evil, although the Constitution doesn't deal with that, but that's really what we have here. The jury awarded the father $10.9 million, but some legal experts say it is likely a judge would reduce that amount. They say it could be argued that is excessive in a First Amendment case, and the church only has one million in assets. The Fourth Circuit will hear the overall appeal, and that court and the Supreme Court tend toward the conservative, which could help Albert Snyder. They would favor a grieving dad whose son has been lost in service to the country. I feel bad for him. Grieving, yes, uh, but your son went over there to fight for the rights and die for the rights of even the Westboro Baptist Church. You can't come home and then get offended that someone's outside protesting this funeral and try to take their rights away, and a judge upholds it? That is insane. It shouldn't even gone to court. We're not living in America anymore. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sit here and say I am a big fan of the Westboro Baptist Church. They... They're entertaining. They're entertaining as hell, but there's not one thing I've ever heard of them that I agree with. Uh, We're just not living in America anymore. If you notice what's going on, it's so 1984, it's so Soviet Union-like, where freedom of speech, no matter how deplorable, yes, these people are awful, and what they believe is stupid, and they pick on soldiers of all things. But in the United States of America, you have the freedom to make an ass of yourself. That is that is true freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Dog the bounty hunter, his freedom of speech was he didn't violate that because mm-hmm. you know he doesn't he's not able like Imus to make a living. That you know you don't have a right to make a living 
on the airwaves. It is somewhat of a privilege. Dubs and I know that all too well. So it's not the same thing. But, you know, the fact that even dog nowadays, it used to be the time, like, why isn't the son being sued? You know, will the, will the son for dog end up being sued because he taped dad without his permission? Uh, and then that gets leaked to the media and it gets played everywhere and the guy's character gets destroyed on something that he thought was a private conversation. There's when no you're, more, there's when no, you're a public figure, it's a different thing, kind of. But yeah, there's no more privacy. No. Nope. And you can't say things anymore. I, I was watching something on TV and they were, they were gloating about how great all these cameras on the streets are, how they've been able to bust these drug deals that they wouldn't have been able to bust. Yeah, you're able to do a little bit of good with uh, some of these surveillance things and take down some people who are doing bad things, dealing drugs, doing different illegal acts. But at what risk? I mean, at what cost? You know, you're, you're losing your privacy. You, you can't walk around outside uh, on the streets of your town without thinking, oh, someone's watching me right now. I can't, you know, uh, talk on my phone without thinking, you know what, someone's listening to this phone sex conversation just giggling at me the whole time. I'm paying I'm paying nine ninety nine a minute here, and I don't want to be laughed at. Sid, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all for our, our First Amendment rights. I mean, the right to protest is real important, but you've got to have a little decorum and civility. You cannot go to somebody's funeral yes, you can. and yes, protest. Yes, you can, dude. That's the thing. It's awful. It's deplorable. But we're in the United States. But there's have- a... There's a time and a place for that, and somebody's funeral with their grieving family is not the time to be throwing your political opinions in their face. And, and, and that's why you don't do it. That's because how that's how you feel. But these people and feel that you're busy eating. That these that's people true. feel that that is the perfect time for, it, and they are they have the full right to feel that way and do that. I don't. Know. It's just it's odd to me that we no longer live in America. It's this It's this shell of what we used to be. Post 9-11, everyone's scared. They're giving up their rights. They're giving up their freedoms. You can no longer say anything in private anymore. Mm-hmm. And this freedom of speech, this illusion, it's not real. It doesn't exist. And once we can come to grips with that and stop you know, beating our chests like we're the greatest country in the world, we are the greatest country in the world. Well, no, we're not. We used to be. I, we might still be, but we are not as but, great as we used to be. But not to the standard that we once were. But you know what? I don't really care about it because Dog uh, said the N-word. So it's not <laughs> something that really affects me. Dog, on the other hand, that affects me. Directly. Exactly. We'll take a break and come back, wrap up this thing. It's the Hideout, and Dubs. We are back, hideoutradio.com. It's the Hideout, 106.7 WJFK. <laughs> Were you guys with me 13 or 14 more times? I'm out of here. You're in, in the hideout. Yeah. Dimension, so to say. The hideout. We heard you guys have a uh, anything goes type situation here. Can we get a couple glasses of milk? Learn more at hideoutradio.com. Hideout. Hideoutradio.com. You can also subscribe to the post-show podcast. This is going to be a good one. It is the hideout with F.A. and Dubs. We are back live on 106.7 WJFK. Got a lot for the post show. A lot of stuff we weren't able to get to tonight. Uh, one of the things I want to get to is Chunks' blog. Chunks' blog? I had someone sent it to me, and we will read that. And is it po- about us? I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to dissect it. Okay. Yeah, okay. but that will... that. We saved the post-show podcast because we're brand new to D.C. One of the things we've learned is that it takes a long time for people to get into the backstories of the show. Some of you remember from our time at D.C. We have a lot of people still listening on WJFK.com. 
from Orlando and the various places that follow us on various underground networks. But for those of you listening to the broadcast feed who have no idea who we are, we try to keep it a little bit current for you, current events, a lot of stuff that you can really latch on to and enjoy. Yeah, we, you know, we're not afraid to tell you how the show rolls, because uh, it used to be way different, mm-hmm. and the show has grown and evolved in a way. But if you want to hop in, 800 636 1067, the uh, instant messenger tonight blowing up dubs, and so many people telling us, so great to have you back in D.C. And we're Glad excited. We really are. Last week, uh, our first show back, <clears throat> and that's what everyone was saying is the giddiness in your voices, and it sounds like you love radio again. Yeah, odd, isn't it? And we do. What you, almost a year out does to you. Yeah, it's been a year now since we were uh, cut, budget, mm. clear channel budget cuts, and there's a whole backstory to it, and I believe on Monday... The show will be available to for download on uh, WJFK.com. For those of you maybe just now tuning in, you can go back and you can pick those up. Dubs, one of the things when we were working at JFK the first go-round was our incredibly busy schedules. At one given time, uh, we would be there for what was Ron and Fez's fastest hour mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. Then we'd be there during the day. I'd help out behind the scenes occasionally on the Don and Mike show. Then producing, you know, you producing the Ron and Fez show from 7 to 11, Mm -hmm. and then us doing the hideout. Until 1 a.m. From 11 to 1 a.m., and there were weeks at a time that our schedule was that way. And when we would sit down and do the show, the very first time we went on the air, it'd be like, Dubs, uh, how you doing? Yeah, what's what's going on? How have you been lately? I haven't seen you lately. Now that we're doing this show again and we have regular jobs during the week, even though we are roommates and mm-hmm. we live together, we still don't see each other. Nope. So I'd like to use this portion of the show. Dubs, how you doing? What'd you do this week? Fooled around with an 18-year-old. You're kidding. No. <laughs> is that legal? Yes, of course it is. She's 18. You've always heard that. She's 18. It's all good. It's all legal. It's all gravy. Uh that sounds like it could be really dirty then. She may have a problem. Penicillin could cure that. Whatever. Okay, hold. So you were... Explain. Uh, well, okay. First, uh, you know, people can't see me on the radio. I look like I'm probably 19. No. <laughs> uh, I'm 27 look... years old. Right. You look yes. like Scooby. Not Scooby, but Shaggy. No, I don't look Or shaggy. Dirk Nowitzki. I look like a nice young man that... Uh, 18-year-olds could fall in love with Yes, exactly. And I, I manage a store, and uh, one of my employees <laughs> uh, expressed interest in me. So, uh, right, What does she look like? She's cute. She's. Uh, I would give her seven and a half, eight on a scale of ten. You know, not bad. In the uh, real world? In the real world, yeah. Does she look like anybody famous? Mm. I don't know. She's a She's a ginger. She has uh... Oh, Jesus. She's a ginger? Yeah, I like gingers, okay, though. there are no gingers that are seven and a half and eight. In my world, they are, because I like gingers. Maybe Julianne Moore. She's a ten. Yeah, maybe. But there are no seven and a half, eight gingers. Yes, there are. For those of you that don't know what a ginger is, those red are hair. red hair, pale, nasty skin, freckles. Mm-hmm. Okay, she looks like your best friend by Curious BJ. No, they, they aren't freckles like that. They're, they're definitely lighter than the BJ freckles. Did you check ID? No, I, yeah. I, Are I, you positive? I'm positive. I'm 100% positive. Did you just admit to something <laughs> no, illegal no, on I, the radio? I am 100% positive. Sid, what do you think of this? 
I really wasn't paying attention to the last <laughs> section. I was trying to read uh, Chunks' blog and try to find it. You had me so interested. Well, that's why we're trying to get people to download the PSP. So the post show to read that. Yeah, you wait for that. Right now we're in the middle of Dubs saying that he fooled around with an 18-year-old this week. I got no problem with that. Yeah, it's 18. Dubs, go after it. Exactly. Tear well, I can't, I can't now. She, uh, she just moved to Missouri because her boyfriend beat her up. She had a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a kid. Am I supposed to laugh and clap again? <laughs> Is this part of the monologue? No, it's part of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's news for you. Dude. What? All right, we don't publicize this a whole lot, but we, part of the show is that we try to reveal honesty, and probably once a show you'll hear us mention it, or you'll wonder, like, why are they talking about D.C. like up there? We're doing this show from Tampa, mm. and we've been in Florida. We're still in Florida. We'd love to leave at any time, so bang the monkey. Mm. But, <laughs> but I tried. <laughs> so here's the thing. You mm. are you're Florida. You are a, you are a Florida dirt stash. No, I'm not. You're managing not a store, a... one of your employees that's 18 years old <laughs> with a boyfriend, an abusive boyfriend, and a kid. Yes. Tells you she has a, a crush on you. Mm-hmm. So I take advantage of it. Yes, yes, yes. How did you take advantage this week? I, I, and there's no way to really explain. I didn't use like one line to, you know, come in. I just kind of schmoozed it, schmoozed it, schmoozed it. And, you know, one thing led to another. And I had her on my lap. Word. <laughs> You're so dirty right now. <laughs> this is getting hot, though. Yeah, I told you. You're a ginger too. All right, did she? Yeah, now, now, Sid, as a ginger, are you turned on to other gingers or? Uh, actually, it's more of a uh, an opposite thing where we push away from each other. Uh, our energies, we can't even be in the same room with each other at one time. The white heat just gets to you. It really, the freckles, I think it is. It, it pushes it away. So, all right, so let me get back to this. Okay. So, how does she ask you or tell you that she's into you? Well, I guess. Uh, it's really not that sexy porn music time. She told someone else at work and uh, got back. So it's me. high school. Yeah, you're it, in high exactly. <laughs> it is. Well, our, actually, she told high school about it. But that is beside the point. And it got back to me. So I just uh, I'm like, so what is this? What's going on here? Yeah. And where were you when you guys? Did you make out? Yeah, yeah, I did all that kind of stuff. In the back of the store, <laughs> at oh, the yeah. manager's desk. <laughs> on the desk? Yeah, on, around. You're kidding. No. There's a very precious little area to fool around with an 18-year-old back there. Dude. Was she what? at any time under the desk? No, no, I didn't get that far. What, well, what made it stop then? Um, Someone walked in. Not catching that's why I did it back there. So, I, because we have alarms on the doors, and when someone walks in, and I know, get off me. I got business to attend to, woman. <laughs> you are Florida trash, dude. Oh, my God. What? What do you mean, what? You want to take advantage of that? When She's 18? Yeah. So, did she just graduate from high school yeah. last semester? No, no. <laughs> Last year. Yeah. No, not last year. It was like in May, probably. 
Oh, yeah. Last year. Last year, last school year. It's not last year, dude. Like, it was, yeah, it was a few months ago. If you're talking high school terms like I am, yes, it was last year. All right, now, when was the last time you'd been in with a chick before that? Um, Sexually? Sure. What, probably three or four months? So how did it feel? I didn't get all the way. No, but just making out. Uh, annoying. I, you, you, all, you just do the making out to get to the next step, you know? Making out is nothing. The making out is the loading screen on Madden. You know, it's it's just waiting for that you know game to load. Did her kisses taste like Big League True? No, she's a child. No, she's not a child. She's eighteen. Barely. How could you be attracted to her? I mean, what are you talking about? How could I be attracted to her? She was just in high school. When you attended to the customer, did you at least wipe off the glittered lip gloss? <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. Did you guys talk about Dora the Explorer before? No, she's not nine. <laughs> when I was 18, she was nine. But oh, she's not nine now. Right. See, now you're thinking about it in a way worse <laughs> way. When did she have her kid? Uh, her sophomore year of high school? Junior year. All right, so were you guys supposed to go on a date or something? Or? We were supposed to go hang out Monday, but then she had to move to Missouri. Because her boyfriend beat her up. Yeah. Nothing to do with me, though. I don't think. Wow, dude. What? I'm expecting for you to say, you know, I played a little Madden. Cause I, got stuff. I did that, too. Do you want to talk a, about that? No. I, I had other stuff I actually wanted to talk about. I ask you how your week was, and you tell me you're making out with 18-year-old chicks. Jealous? <laughs> no. A little. <laughs> it's the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. We're half and dubs back live mm-hmm. for now. Someone what just are you talking about? We're living in a post-dog world. Seriously. I didn't say any Seriously. Hey, Seriously. Are we, are we the champions of free speech no, or not? No, we're not. <laughs> we, we stand up for the little man, Hefe. You better have dumped that. I'm gonna, I want to make that perfectly clear. It got clear. dumped. That was said, you ass. <laughs> we don't have to dump that. No. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> you are. And that was Sid's last uh, comment on the hideout back in D.C. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Sideshow isn't there, so uh, there's no reason why he would want to be. He would be, be all to... about it. I'm just—I'll be honest with you. I'm He's all... a poon warrior like myself. Actually, he just stepped out of the room. Oh, if um, he will be back in a second. Yeah, I'm sure. Right, listen on his Walkman, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure when it's time for the show to end. So it's cool, though. Are you going to go around bragging about this to your family over the holidays and be like, hey, I'm with an 18-year-old? Are you mad? with. Are you mad that she's not going to be around? I, I, I was looking forward, actually. You know, I haven't actually gone out with a chick in a long time. I've had a few that I've had sex with, but I haven't actually gone out in public. So you were looking chick- forward to taking yeah, out your 18-year-old? Yeah, going out, hanging out, having You guys going to go see the B movie? <laughs> no. Maybe hit up Jimboree later on. <laughs> we are going to Jimboree or One Potato too. Neither of them are going to be frequented by me. Uh, all right, Sid wants us to do some NFL picks before we go off the air. You got what are the matchups this week, Sid? All right, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Hmm, where's that? In Tampa. 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 All right, Detroit, Denver at Denver or at Detroit. At I'm Detroit. sorry. All right, Detroit, Denver. Yeah, I'm, I'm going dirty. Detroit. Uh, Tennessee, uh, 
versus Carolina in Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, Green Bay at Kansas City. Green Bay. San Diego at Minnesota. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Jacksonville at New Orleans. New Orleans. San Francisco. All right, San Francisco at Atlanta. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Pass. Juan Fran. Pass. Washington at the Jets. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Washington. Jets are god-awful. Cincinnati at Buffalo. Cincy. Yeah. Seattle at Cleveland. Seattle. I'm going Cleveland here. Are you? Mm-hmm. Derek Anderson, rocking it for him. All right, the big matchup, New England at Indianapolis. Pass. Oh, oh come on. I'm, I'm going to take Indy. I really, I, I'm taking Indy out of pure hope and just pure, you know, I, just the hope that there is a God and Indy can win that game. I am going to go with pass. Don't care. You care. You have to care about that game. If you don't, if you care about one game this year, it's that game. Uh, you're right. The Jets. <laughs> Stop it. Houston and Oakland. Oh, that's a big pass. All right. Houston. Dallas at Philly. Dallas. Philly. And been too, uh, there's been too much turmoil in the Philly locker room. They're going to be coming out to play. And then the Monday night matchup, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Ugh. Why would Monday night take that game? I honestly have no idea. Because they're awful. Be more. Yeah, I'll have to go with... Uh, I hate Pittsburgh so much. Pittsburgh. Sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> He's calling it by his slave name. <laughs> all right, yeah, whatever. So there it is. All right, instead of like doing that at the end of the show, have that ready for us all the time. Yeah, we'll do. Well, good job back at the uh, studio, boys. Appreciate it very much. Dubs next week will be telling us about his rounds at the high schools. No, I'm not going to the high schools. Middle school. No, neither of them. I go legal. Right, barely. Obviously. Whatever. With a kid and an abusive boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had a kid. Right. So how can she be a kid if she has a kid? It happens. It's impossible. No, it's not. All right, my friends. That's it for the hideout of 106.7 WJFK. We are going... What time are we on next week? That's a great question. Don't know. What time do, What time is the Terps game next week, Sid? Uh, I believe it's late. So I think it's not going to end till like... The post game should end like 1 a.m., yeah, so if we do the show next week, it'll probably be earlier, if before, if Maybe. we do the well, show. We'll figure it out. Keep an eye out on the websites. So we'll announce it right there. Yeah, hideoutradio.com. Also, the MySpaces, which are myspace.com slash hideoutradio. Hideoutheretics.net should have it as well. Dubs and I are going to stick around. We're going to record the post-show podcast, which you can subscribe to on hideoutradio.com. We will go over that Chunks blog. And a lot of stuff that we did not get to as far as the show because it was cut down early. But thanks to everybody at JFK. Thank you, Sid Kata. Thank you, Sideshow. Um, anything else, Dubs? 5,000. Hideoutradio.com. We out, bitch. 5,000.
be smacking my hoes. Everyone knows it goes. Kick him to the floor. Step on them hard. Step on them hard. Kick him to the floor. Cause I, I be smacking my hoes. I be smacking my hoes. Not interested. I don't. I five thousand.